Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. We're in a series. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about how relationships are complicated. But like anything else in life, if you can figure out the complicated things, you can be rewarded for coming up with solutions. So in other words, most of you, you go to work every day and you solve a problem. But when it comes to relationships, we just let them continue to be a problem that we don't address or fix. But I feel like relationships, if we can solve the problem, if we can take what is complicated and solve that problem and bring it into something that we can manage correctly in our lives, then our lives will be blessed because of the problem that we solve. I'm telling you, problem solving is the key to, to elevation in your life. Figuring out an answer to something that other people are, are struggling with. You know, standing on things that other people are sinking into. And so I want to encourage you. I think every person in this room can be a relationship uh, problem solver. I, I don't think you have to just suffer for the rest of your life in complicated relationships, but I really believe that the Bible has given us the answers on how to handle relationships. And, and, and my health and well-being are connected to not just what I'm doing, but who I'm doing life with. So it's so important that we get this right, isn't it? We spend so much effort and energy on our job and on our education. And man, so many of us need to be educated more on relationships. And so I'm hoping over these next few weeks that I can help you start a journey. I don't have all the answers, but I want to give you some and maybe help you start a journey into figuring out the complicated relationships of life. And today we're going to talk about Abram and Lot and their complicated relationship. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to be in your house. Thank you that today you have something you want to speak to us. We are here because you chose us. We didn't choose you. So you've appointed this moment in time for us. And so you have something to say to us. And so we thank you. May our lives be changed. May we be more like you. In Jesus name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Men. Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to start in verse 1. This is when God calls Abram. Eventually, he'll turn his name from Abram to Abraham. Abram means father. Abraham means father of many nations. You don't just want to be father in title. You want to be a dad of something, father in working it out. He's a father of many nations. And so, and they can't possibly imagine that you could become more than your past or more than your family. And so sometimes God has to move you out of that situation so that you can see that there's more in you than you ever thought was in you. Can somebody say amen? Is there anybody thankful for a God who constantly reveals there's more in you than even the people around you can see? I love that. And so he, he takes them out of a familiar place and brings them into an unfamiliar place. Also, Abram is 75. It's like at this point, Abram, it's time to leave mom and dad's house, right? So even if you're 75 and still living at home, there's still hope for you today in the name of Jesus. God still has a purpose for your life, but it's at this point where God's like, okay, I need you to get up, to get moving. I need you to get out of what is familiar to you because I want to elevate you. There's some things that I have for you that I want you to possess. There are some places and spaces that I want you to take dominion. But watch this. God says, I want you to leave all of this and I want you to go to a place that I will show you. This is interesting because 
A lot of people feel this same level of frustration with God's call that Abram felt. This, this, where are you taking me? I'll show you. Hey, God, where are we going? I'll let you know. God, could you tell me like what's gonna happen to me in a little bit? But he wants us to go because watch this. The destination is not as important as who you are becoming. So he says, I want you to go to a place I'll show you later, but I want you to know I'm gonna make you into something. Is there anybody thankful that God makes you into something? Like he doesn't just drop you in places and spaces, but he creates in you the heart that is ready and available to take the space that he puts you in. So there are a lot of people who are like, God, I wish you would show me who I'm gonna marry. Show me where I'm gonna go to college. Show me what my purpose is gonna be. And God's like, I'm not gonna show you that. I'm gonna work on you. And if you're in this room today and you're unclear about where you are going, maybe it's an indicator that God's not really concerned about that. He's concerned about who you are becoming. So maybe it's, maybe it's not that God isn't being clear. Maybe it's that God is really clear and he's working on you you into a new person for the new place that I'm calling you. Because if you take this old person into this new place, you'll destroy this new place. And Abram needed work. Right off the bat, he leaves home, he goes to Egypt, and he lies. Right off the bat. He lies to Pharaoh and says, this woman with me, she's not my wife. She's just a friend. And he turns his wife over to another man. And God has to come in and almost kill the other man to say, but people deal with people. And so God is like, I need you to get out of this comfortable place because your family is too familiar. You are too familiar with your family. When people have already made up their mind about you, it can be very limiting. When people, for instance, Jesus, the Bible says about Jesus in John chapter seven and five that even his own brothers didn't believe in him. And that's gotta be a difficult thing. When your own brothers don't believe in you. In John chapter one and verse 11, it said Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. Matthew 13 and 55, the Bible says Jesus comes into his hometown. He starts to preach and teach there. And he's teaching in such an incredible way. They're astonished at the things he's saying. And then all of a sudden they realize, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this... The guy whose mom is Mary, aren't his sisters here? And aren't his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And how did he get all of this stuff? Because people are fine with you until you start to outgrow them. People are cool with you and they're fine with you until relationally you start to outgrow them. Until gift-wise you start to outgrow them. And then they want to pull you back into the confines of who you came from and where you came from. Because if you came from the carpenter, how can you talk like this? If you didn't go to this college, how are you full of all this wisdom? If you're not this skin color, how are you doing that? People want to limit you based on where you came from, the color of your skin, whose family you're a part of, the age that you are right now, and I wanna tell you that you serve a God who doesn't look at you and see you with any of those limitations. He knows exactly what he put on the inside of you, and he will spend the rest of your life calling it out of you. You just have to be willing to leave. You just have to be willing to leave. Even Jesus left, he left Nazareth. The Bible says that they received him not in his hometown. So where'd he go? He went to a little town called Capernaum. And there he did most of his ministry is they just would not they couldn't believe it in Nazareth 
They just couldn't believe. How, who, yeah, he's gifted, but, but why, is he, why, is he gift, why has he got more gifts than me? Yeah, he's smart, but why is, why is he smarter than everyone else in town? Yeah, he's great, but why? People don't like it when you start to exceed their expectations of you. People don't like, like it when, when you start to stand on stuff that they're sinking in. People don't like it when you break limitations off of your life that are still on theirs. They don't like it when you get free. That's why don't you dare go to a church that tries to pull you back into the bondage of slavery, that tries to pull you back into the bondage of law keeping to, to get God to love you. Don't you dare do that. Don't go back to that, Paul says. Don't go back to that. Don't go back. Don't, don't run so quickly back to the thing that God set you free from. When God breaks limitations off of your life, don't go back to the place and the people that wanted to limit your life. You're free. Now live like you are free. Hmm. Wow. So Jesus had to leave Nazareth. He goes to Capernaum. Abram has to leave his family. Now this is, this is not just a challenge to be like Abram and be willing to leave. This is also a challenge to not be like Abram's family and be so limiting that the people in your life wanna leave. Remember, I, I, I tell you, when we read the Bible, we, we, we're such narcissists. <laughs> we always put ourselves in the position of Abram and we're not always Abram. Sometimes we're Abram's family and the reason people are leaving our life is because we're limiting them. And whoever you limit will eventually have to leave. They'll have to, I, I can't. And the Bible says about Jesus that he could do no real miracles there because they could not believe in him. So he had to move on to another town. Don't make the people in your life leave you because you are limiting them. That is quiet in here because everybody was shouting when it's like, people are limiting me. People are holding me back. I'm breaking free from all my bondages. But you could be the one holding somebody back. And you're like, why does everybody leave me? Why does nobody want to be around me? Because you're limiting. Oh, okay. <laughs> hmm. So watch this. Sometimes you have to treat the people you know the best like the people you know the least. You hear me? You have to treat the people you know the best like the people you know the least because that, that keeps you in constant in a constant space of, of gratitude for the people that are in your life. Whatever I don't honor, whatever I'm not grateful for, whatever I limit eventually leaves my life. So I have to stay grateful. And to stay grateful, I have to, I have to keep, I have to keep being amazed by the people that are in my life. I, can't, I have to keep being amazed by the things and the, 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 the places that God puts me. I, I was really convicted just years. So I was in a rut. I was just like, you know, I just, ugh, just, I was getting frustrated with my, my office. I was walking in my office. I was like, ugh. Literally, I walked in one day and I just turned around and walked out. Just got back in my car. I was just like, I just don't want to be here. And God dealt with me on my way out. As I was walking to my car, God dealt with me. And, and this, this thought came to my mind. Whatever you limit leaves your life. 
If you don't like it, I'll take it and I'll give it to somebody who likes it. If you don't appreciate the office, I'll take that office and I'll give it to somebody who likes it. Oh, man, you talk about turning back around. I, I said, dear Jesus, I'm not. And so I went in there and I just looked at my office and I said, it's time to just it's time to treat this space the way this space deserves to be treated. I, there should be a constant amazement and an awe when I pull onto this property. Why? Because before I ever got here, God thought about this place and he carved out 178 Pickens Bridge Road, this 12 acres that we've, we've got. He carved this space out just for us. He, 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 he set it aside for us and he said, it's here and it's waiting for you. And, and when I got there, he, he gave it to me and it's, it's a gift from God. So I should never take for granted the thing that God and the people that God and the spaces that God has put into my life. Because if it took God's time to give it and to develop it and to make it and to carve it out, then man, it's worth my time to constantly stand in amazement and look, look at what God has given us. what he's given us it's incredible and if you come in here and you just act like what's happening in here is normal you're taking it for granted and what used to be special can become normal what used to be abnormal can become normal what used to be extraordinary becomes ordinary not because it changed but because we stopped being grateful and so sometimes God has to, to, to deal with the way we see people and places as familiar so that we can begin to see that I don't always have to leave town for things to get better. I don't always have to walk away from people for things to get better. Maybe I just need to appreciate the people that I'm with for things to change in my life. But there are also times where God says, hey, it's just become too familiar. You've become too familiar with it. They've become too familiar with you. It's time to make a move. And why do I make you move? I don't make you move for the sake of moving. I make you move because I need to get a few things out of your life. I need you to move because first of all, I need to get you in unfamiliar territory. I need to get you on some ground that you're not so sure about. I need, to, I need you to get on some water that you haven't tested. I need you to get in some boats that you haven't, you haven't tested. I need you to get into some relationships that haven't been tested. I need you to be around some people that haven't been tested. I need you to be in some situations that you haven't tested out because I need you on unfamiliar territory so that you develop a deeper connection with me because if you don't develop a deeper connection with me, I can't take you deeper. I cannot take you deeper. If you don't grow, I can't grow you. If you don't grow, I can't grow your influence. If you don't grow, I can't grow your position. If you don't grow, I can't elevate you. If you don't grow, I can't give you this to possess. I need you to grow. So I need you in unfamiliar territory. And I need you to get comfortable with change you didn't initiate. Everybody loves change if it's their idea. But most people hate change 
because they didn't initiate it. They didn't think of it. They didn't come up with it. And so anything you suggest that they didn't think of first, they put down. So I need you, Abram, to become uncomfortable in situations where people are controlling you're not. Where people are in charge and you're not in charge. Where you're working for someone else. Where you're having to do what some. So I need you to go to Egypt so I can teach you how to deal with Pharaoh. Because I need you in a position and a place where you're dealing with change. You didn't start. You didn't initiate because I need you to know how to handle that. Third, I need you to know how to deal with, (laughs) man, new responsibilities. Why? Because you're at a point in your life where you need to stop running to mom and dad to save you all the time. (laughs) That, exactly that. You're at a point in your life where it's like you cannot run to dad, you cannot run to mom. I need you to get far away Far enough away from home that you can't make it back to dad's house. You got to figure this out by yourself. You got to lean into some new relationships. You got to talk to some other people. You got to ask somebody else for advice. Most of all, I need you in a position where you can't run to dad so you know who your real dad is. So you start developing a dependency on me like you depended on your dad. I need you to relate to me that way. And then... He needs you in unfamiliar places because he needs you to be stretched relationally. We spend so much time trying to keep bad people out of our lives that we miss sometimes the bad people that God introduces to us that are there to help us. Because watch this, when you're God's child, your enemies cannot harm you. They can only elevate you. Because God will protect you even from threats you don't recognize when you're doing what he's called you to do. Abram goes and he lies. He puts himself in the dumbest position possible. And God's like, this idiot, I tell you what. So he's like, he has to deal with Pharaoh, but he does. Why? Because God has to protect the purpose that you were created for. He's responsible to protect you for the thing that he created you for. And so even when you make mistakes, you serve a God who cares so much about what he's called you to that he'll protect you from stuff you didn't even know, situations you didn't even know. Judas was his betrayer, but he's at the same table that Peter's at. A few verses later... The Bible says Jesus is in the, he's, he's praying and all of a sudden Judas shows up and the Bible says Judas walks over to Jesus and he kisses him on the cheek. And as he's, as he's coming, Jesus says to Judas, he says, hey friend, come on and do what you came to do. I know why you're here. Peter, who would preach the first message of the church as it's being birthed on the day of Pentecost is called Satan. Judas, who is his betrayer, is called friend. Why? Because Peter was trying to keep him from his purpose. Judas was trying to deliver him over into his purpose. And if you know why people are there, you can know what to expect from the people that are in your life. It's okay to have a big table. It's okay to have a lot of friends. You just need to know, why are you here? 
Because if I know why you're here, I don't have to kick everybody out of my life. That, that, that requires too much energy. Just to start going and block, 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 limited profile, block, block, limited profile. It's just it's too much. You know, you see somebody in public, it's like eh, other aisle, other aisle. You know, you pull into a store and you see their car, you're like other store. <laughs> you just always, you're, and there are people, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute, that you have to separate from, but not everybody, not every Judas do you have to kick out of your life. Some of them you need at your table because they're there to elevate you. In Judges chapter three, the Bible says something so interesting. It says that when God delivered the people out of Egypt, that he left nations around them. He left enemies around them to teach them to war. He didn't leave them around them to harm them. He left enemies around them so they would learn how to fight. Because when they came out of Egypt, the Bible said that he took them the long way around to the promised land because they didn't know how to fight. So he left nations around them when they got into it so they would continue to learn how to fight because, because if you don't teach your kids how to fight, you have neglected your responsibility. Ooh, man, I'm telling you, my dad taught me how to fight. I'll never forget it. I was five years old. We were living in Connecticut, and there was this kid picking on me at church. Church bullies. Kids ministry bully picking on me. My dad taught me how to fight. He put some boxing gloves on me. He said, you, you, get, you get set up, you, you protect yourself, and you give him two lefts, two jabs, boom, then a right. Two jabs, then a right. This kid came at me one day, pushed me, five years old, two jabs and a right. Busted his nose all to pieces. Found myself in the pastor's office. My dad wasn't the pastor. He was a youth pastor at the time. It's his first week at work. And I'm beating up other kids in church. At that time, Pastor Ron Lee was living up in Connecticut. Many of y'all know Ron Lee. And Ron Lee was an elder in this church up in Connecticut. And Ron comes up to me and he looks at me. He says, come on, son, we got to go to the pastor's office. And I said, my dad will beat you up. My dad will wear you out, Ron. That's exactly what I said. And, my, and then when him and my, my dad connected at the pastor's office, Ron said, hey, uh, Richard, you know that uh, your son said you could beat me up. And my dad said, he's, he's crazy. He just, he just says stuff. He doesn't even mean it. But he taught me how to fight. Taught me how to fight. When, if, when you don't teach your kids how to fight, and I'm not telling you to send your kids off to school to beat people up. I'm not saying that. But you've got to teach your kids that your enemies are, are, are always there. And you need to be prepared how to fight. And sometimes God leaves enemies around you to teach you not to hurt you, but to teach you how to fight. So if you're like today, you're like, I'm surrounded. Oh, God's teaching you how to fight. I feel like I'm surrounded by my enemies. I feel like... Oh, God's teaching you how to fight. God's teaching you how to develop faith. God's teaching you how to stand. God's teaching you how to stop running from everything and everybody. God's teaching you how to stand still. Oh, man, this is good. This is good news. So. <laughs> so Abraham eventually leaves, right? He leaves and then the Bible says, Abraham leaves, he takes his wife, Sarah, 
And then it says something so interesting. And it says, and he brings his nephew, Lot, with him. Now, God told him to leave his family. He can't leave his wife. It's his wife. You made a covenant. But God says, I want you to leave your father's household, your country, your countrymen, your family. I want you to. But the Bible says, but he brings Lot with him. Why is that? Because sometimes if we're not careful, God calls us into unfamiliar places, but we want to bring familiar faces with us. Now, sometimes the familiar faces are good, but we have to, this is where we have to, we have to take what is complicated. Relationships are complicated. This is, this is why we have to have a relationship with God, because we have to know who is supposed to go with me. Because I can bring a familiar face with me, and if I'm not careful, when I reach unfamiliar places, I'll turn to familiar faces. When the reason I'm in an unfamiliar place is very often because God is trying to get me in relationship with an unfamiliar face. I'm trying to open up a new door to you, but you keep going back to familiar people. Now, familiar people aren't bad. Family isn't bad. Familiar and family are connected at the root. But you have to know, who should I, who needs to come with me? And it's not just about who's coming with me, but who's sitting where? Because there are some people that I can handle in the passenger seat and some people that need to, I wish they could sit in the trailer that's on the back, like... (laughs) I want them to go with me, but I don't want them in the passenger seat. You know what I'm talking about? That just annoying person that just has to control the radio all the time. <laughs> Keep changing the temperature. Just, get, just go to the back seat. As a matter of fact, we got, we're taking two. I'm hauling a car on the back. Why don't you go sit in that car? <laughs> I just need to know where people need to be. It's important. Abraham, Abram, this time, makes a, makes a mistake by taking Lot because God didn't tell him to take Lot. God told him to leave his family. But he takes him. Again, God is, he's so gracious. <laughs> I'm so thankful. And God is so good that Lot is being blessed along with Abram. And in Genesis 13, the Bible says that they're both being blessed and they're growing in numbers, people, and they're growing uh, money, they're growing livestock, they're growing in land, but they're growing so much that they're, the people that work for them are having arguments over property. Like, you, you get off, you're on my, you're on my property. Like, you need to, you, you're getting too familiar. Like, like, listen, I know you know the code to my garage, but like, stop showing up unannounced. You know what I'm talking about? You got, any, you got people in your life that like know the code to your door, they know the code to your garage, and all of a sudden you, like, you look at your, your ring and it's like, they walked in my house and got in my refrigerator and took my drinks out of my refrigerator. Like, I didn't even, what are we, you're getting too familiar. So they're, they're, they're interacting this way and, and Abram comes and he says, hey, Lot, um, we might need to separate because this isn't gonna be good. This is not gonna end well. And we're family, he says. So to protect the relationship, look at this, to protect the relationship, not to end the relationship, 
to protect the relationship, you, if you go right, I'll go left. You go left, I'll go right. It's just better for us and healthier for us that we go in different direction. Doesn't make Lot bad and it doesn't make Abram good. Just means that we're not good together. So to protect our family, to protect our relationship, maybe we need to separate for a season. You have to know who people are, what their purpose is, and why they're there. And sometimes people are seasonal. Sometimes people are one thing in one season and something else in another season. You have to take what is complicated. Again, you can't just be nonchalant about relationships. You have to take it seriously. You have to take what's complicated and bring it into something that you can work. I heard Bishop Jake say three, three or four years ago, I, he, he, said, he said, in life, there are about three different people in your life. He said, first of all, you have confidence. You have people that they are committed to you. They're not committed to your cause. They're not committed to your church. They're not committed to your business. They're, not, they're just committed to you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, they just want to be with you. He said, then, then you have constituents. You have people who are committed to your mission. And they're connected to your mission. And if the mission changes or the mission goes in a different direction, they can disconnect from you because they're not with the mission anymore. Right, right? So you have to get used to people coming in and out of your life based on where you are in your mission. Right, because some people come in to help you originally. There were people that came in and helped us build this church and start it and get it going, but they've moved on to different things. Constituents. Doesn't make them bad, doesn't make us good. It just makes them what they are. You gotta stop seeing people as bad, good, evil. You, you gotta start seeing people as Maybe, maybe they're seasonal. Maybe, maybe they're an enemy meant to elevate me. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're a constituent. Maybe they're here for my, my vision and my mission, but they're not really necessarily connected to me. But if I push them out of their life because they're not connected to me, then I'll miss the value that they bring to the mission. And then you have comrades. Comrades are with you because you have a common enemy. We're together, we're on this mission because we hate the devil. And soon as the enemy changes, they change, the relationship changes. Okay, does that make sense? So, so, so he takes Lot and he determines that in this season Lot was this, in this season Lot is this. He breaks away, but watch this. Just because he breaks away from him doesn't mean he abandoned him. In Genesis chapter 14, these, these men get together, these different kings get together, and they, they take Sodom and Gomorrah, and they take all of the people and the possessions, and Lot is among them. Because when Lot and Abram separate, Lot goes and he lives in Sodom. And when they capture Sodom, they take Lot and his family. Abram finds out about it. Abraham takes, Abram takes about 300 or so men and he goes and he attacks these four different kings and God gives him the victory. And he brings Lot and his family. He found out his family was, was taken hostage. And even though it wasn't good for them to be together, you still don't mess with my family? Come on, man, you've got to know how to place people. If not, you'll kick people that you're supposed to be there for out of your life. So he knew I, it's, it's, it's not healthy for us to be together, but your family, and if something happens to you, I'm coming. You better believe it. And I'll use every resource I have to help you out. But we can't hang out all the time because we're not good together. 
but I love you. I'm for you. This is helpful. So he goes and he rescues him and he brings him back and there was this priest that he approached, that comes to him named Melchizedek. He was a king. He was also a priest and he, uh, he blesses Abraham, brings him a gift and Abram says, well, here, take 10% of everything that I have, which is a good principle because this is 400 years before Moses was given the law and people act like tithing is the law. Tithing is not the law. Tithing is faith because Abraham tithed 400 years before Moses ever gave the law. Just a, just a principle there. Tithing is not law. Tithing is faith. Giving is not law. Giving is faith. And then another king comes up to him and says, hey, how about we split? I'll take the people, you take the stuff, or you take the stuff, I'll take the people, you, you know, let's just split it up. And I love what Abram says to him. This is, in, this is in Genesis chapter 14. He says, give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, with raised hand, I have sworn an oath to the Lord God, most high creator of heaven and earth, that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a strap of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. Watch this. He understood Lot, who he was. So he understood the separation that needed to take place, but he also understood who the king of Sodom was. And he said, I've made an oath to God that I will never partner with you in anything. It's an unequal yoke. Second Corinthians six talks about unequal yokes. It says, do not be yoked together unequally with an unbeliever. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what does fellowship, what fellowship does light have with darkness? And then, then quoting from scripture, he says, he says, come out from among them, be ye separate. And then, he, and then God says, and then I'll be your God and you will be my people. Watch this. It's, God is talking to his people when he tells them to come out. This letter is written to Christian people. This isn't written to the world telling the world to come out from the world. This is telling Christians to come out from the world. I'm your God, but when you come out from the world, it changes the relationship from God in title to God in action. When you stop getting into, into, into yokes with unbelievers and you start yoking yourself to me, then I can fully be your God and you can fully be my people and then you can experience me as father. But when you're, when you're yoked to something else, you can't be yoked to me. That's why Jesus said, hey, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he said, hey, anyone weary, heavy laden, come to me, I'll give you rest. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Unequal yokes are so important because it's not just about the person we're connected to. A yoke is just a, a wooden beam that had two, uh, two round uh, yokes on it that you would connect an animal to and they would pull together. So the picture is not just who I'm connected to, but it's the burden I'm pulling. You got to see this because it's not just about the person. The person could be good and not even bad, but the thing they're pulling is not for you to pull. So an unequal yoke is not just, is this a Christian or not? It's not that simple. It's complicated. What is this person pulling? 
Jesus says, so come to me, yoke up with me, for my yoke is easy and my burden. It's not just about being connected to me, it's about being connected to the thing I'm asking you to, to carry, so you have to say, Am I, if, I'm, if, if I'm gonna be in relationship with this person, what that means is I'm gonna have to bear this burden with them. You have to, you have to, you have to evaluate your relationships because people come with burdens. You have to look at somebody and be able to honestly say, I, can, I can't connect with you because I love you, I'm grateful for you, but I can't carry that with you. I can't, I can't connect to that. And that's, that's, it's more about that than just simply are they saved or not saved. He said, what does, what does light have to do with darkness? What does, what does the believer have to do with the devil? What, he, what he's saying is when you connect to an, to an unbeliever like that, you start to carry unbeliever baggage. When you connect to someone who worships other gods, you don't just connect to them, you connect to their gods. That's why in the, the Old Testament, he constantly challenged them. Don't marry people from other faiths that serve other gods because eventually bad company corrupts good morals. You can think you, you are so good that you can change them, but the reality is, is it's easier to bring a good person down than it is to bring a bad person up. So I have to watch who I'm yoked to and Abram, Abram, Abram started to figure some stuff out. And he said, listen, I, I made an oath to God that I would never connect myself with somebody like you. Will you stand on your feet with me? I wish I had all day. After this in Genesis 15 and one, the Bible says, after Abram said that to the king of Sodom, the Bible says immediately God comes in, the word of the Lord comes to Abram in a vision. And he says this to him. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. There, there are some relationships when you avoid, God comes in and says, don't worry about it, I got you. Don't worry about not getting that job, I've got you. Don't worry about saying no to that person, I'm your reward. Don't worry that that business deal didn't work out, I'm your shield, I'm your reward, I've got you. That's why in life you don't have to depend on, on, on people to make it happen for you. When things don't work out, you just turn to God and God says, hey, listen to me. I'm your great reward. I'm your shield. I'm your protector. I'm your provider. I know what's best for you. And because you made a decision to do what I asked you to do, I'm here. I got it covered. Everything you thought you lost because you didn't, that deal didn't get approved. Everything you thought you lost because that loan didn't go through. Everything you thought you lost because that relationship fell apart, God steps in and says, I'm your reward. When you do right, I'm your reward. When you do right, I guard you. I don't, you don't need people to be your reward. You don't need people to reward you. When you do right, God says, I'll step in. When they refuse to do what's right, I'll do what's right. Whew. That is good news. So Father, in Jesus' name, help us. Help us today. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 14, when Abram decided to part ways with Lot, he said, I'm going right, you're going left. Immediately, God steps into that situation. And he says, Abram, look around. As far as you can see, it's all yours. 
Why? Because when we make the right decisions relationally, God steps, steps in and he opens up our eyes to see what was, what was there that we couldn't see before because that relationship was blinding us from everything that God had for us. We thought we were limited because of this. We thought we were limited because of what we went through. We, we thought we were limited because of where we came from. We thought we were limited because of our pain. We thought we were limited because of our education. We thought we were limited because of our background. We thought we were limited because of the color of our skin. We thought we were limited, but God says, no, 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 you're not limited. You just need to, you just need to go in the opposite direction of some relationships, and I'll show you that you have limitless capability. You have limitless life. You have exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or imagine life in front of you. But I need you to get smart about complicated relationships. So Father, help us in Jesus' name to open up our eyes. Help us over these next few weeks to continue to show us how to take what is complicated and make it, and it'll never be simple, but make it to where we can work it.